With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I had a weird realization moment today, earlier. I had a conversation with a buddy that you know, Nate, from Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Okay. He sent me a text out of the blue. And, and Nate's a really good friend. We've known him forever. But since I moved out of Los Angeles nearly a decade ago, I just don't see him that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't hear from him that often, but we're still good friends. And I had that realization moment. You and I have talked about this before. When you have something in your life that you're doing, that you're trying, that's new to you, if that becomes big, I feel like the people that knew you when you started to play around with it never really get it. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. So, so people sure. that knew you and I, when we first were like, we're going to start doing car content, we're like, oh, that's how's your little car thing? That's it, yeah. nice. How's your little blog going? That's, that's nice. Yeah. Well, my dad, even with the, your intense photography project. What? <laughs> I still can't get over that. What? I still, I'm just so it's shocked. It's it's always funny to me when That's hilarious when and it's happened. Here's I'll put it another way. Also, when you're in it, when you're in something trying to make it something, I think it's hard. At least it was hard for me. It continues to be hard for me to see milestones go by because you've got your head down. It took you and I a while to realize, huh? There's people listening to this show. Mm-hmm. There's people yeah. watching our content, which is cool. In, in spite it's of very the, the cool. numbers are fine and all, but when we meet you guys and we have interactions, you send us emails. That's really cool. But there was something random that happened with Nate today. Okay, I get a text from him and he goes, "I'm in Westwood." Okay, I see this white Mini Cooper go by, and then it dawns on me that had an Everyday Driver sticker on the back. No. And I said, you're kidding. So if you're in Westwood in a white Mini Cooper and you have an Everyday Driver sticker, you got spotted by my friend Nate who had his mind blown. Oh, that's great. Because he he hadn't put together that that was even possible. Oh, that's great. And he saw the logo and it took him like a second to register, wait a minute, wait, that's that's Todd's show. (laughs) So that that was really funny. And all of that to say, we do have vinyl stickers of the logo available in our store along with a lot of other things. Thank you guys for representing. Thank you guys for listening, engaging, rating the new season. Season 5 is available on Amazon and Vimeo. We would love it if you would rate it there, please, because that helps the algorithm recommend it to others. So Season 5 is available. And happy Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday, and we're Episode 4, Blue Cars, playing on Motor Trend Cable Channel tomorrow. Yep, that's the repeat, and uh, hopefully you caught it the first time around. But good news, if you didn't, it's now available two places. So Amazon Prime, as Todd said, and also on Motor Trend Cable Channel. So that's pretty cool. Even Check Vimeo that if you're international. If Vimeo you're for sure as well. If you're in the U.S. or U.K., you've got Vimeo working for you as well. Sorry, no, that's Canada. that's a great point. It's Vimeo. That's a great point. All right, well, uh, guys, last podcast I asked for corrections because yeah. Todd and I always admit to, you know, if we're wrong, we're going to say we're wrong about something. And so thank you to all of you who have written about Charles Leclerc, the Formula One driver, who is indeed not French. He is from Monaco. He was born in Monaco. Thank you for the correction. I stand corrected. And you are absolutely right. And actually, I think that does go maybe a little ways towards explaining his fluent Italian. Because okay. he, he has, you know, spoken. I've seen him on camera, heard him on the on the radio when they do the uh, the in-car radio talking mm-hmm. to his, his team, speaking it fluent Italian. I'm going, Interesting. oh, that explains it then. Fantastic. And hmm. so I think... You know, to drive for the Ferrari Formula One team, do you do you have to speak Italian? Because Sebastian <laughs> speaks Italian fluently as well. Does he really? That's interesting. But I guess Michael Schumacher didn't. Maybe it just didn't matter because he, he, he was so good. Because <laughs> it was Michael Schumacher. I don't care if like you whatever speak, language I need to speak. You know, in. Yeah. Pig Latin. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? We'll figure this out. Yes. You know. So uh, yeah, indeed. Thank you for the correction. Really appreciate it. And yeah, we uh, hope uh, the last podcast invited some. Uh, some just thoughts and discussion. We've had many of you write yeah, to us, it's and it's been great interaction. So thank mm-hmm. you for that, and we, uh, we'd love to learn as well. So when, thank you for the correction. When you were born in Monaco, aren't you supposed to wind up as an F1 driver or an influencer? Um, I think these, these are your career paths. Hmm. If you're currently in your 20s and you were born in Monaco and you're currently in your 20s, aren't you supposed to either be an influencer or an F1 driver? Uh, I, I, I think those so. are the only career options available. <laughs> I think that you, there's you nothing in else Monaco. in Monaco. You're right. It's, it's shocking when you go there. There's if you no ever get a chance to go there, you, you and no, I have both else. been there, and it is uh, a tiny fraction of the size of Manhattan with the building style of Manhattan on a gorgeous beach. And if you walk too far in the wrong direction, you've left the country. Mm-hmm. 
It's a very well, you've strange France place. At that point. Exactly. You, it's a very strange place with an unbelievable amount of money. And I do find it funny how all the F1 drivers, because I think there's no income tax, they end up living in Monaco <laughs> and buying a yacht. Charles like you do. doesn't have a problem then. Yes, he's fine. That's home. Yeah. I, I, I'm not stressed. I'm really not stressed. Also, um, isn't, uh, what's the guy, sorry, Red Bull, Verstappen, he grew up there too, though, didn't he? Uh, uh, you're thinking he's- Nico Rosberg. Rosberg, yes, but I thought Verstappen, uh, like, the did. family had like lived there too. Maybe did. Well, you know, as as you do if you're in F1, you're uh-huh. you're attracted to the city, and uh, clearly, highly yes. recommended if you ever have the opportunity to go there. It's, it's blindingly expensive it's to very, go there for the yes, race. Yes, you and I. Well, you went during the race. My yeah. wife and I went in the like the dead off season, and it was still like, wow, this place is not inexpensive to visit, <laughs> but it exactly. was still very cool. It's it's worth the trip if you can do it for sure, guys. We've got a great podcast for you. I say that every time, but this is truly a great one. Because both of our listeners are in Canada. Cool. We've got James in Southern Ontario, and he writes to us about breaking the cycle and having a hard time being content with the car. Yeah, this is a fun one. We've also got Carter. He is asking, should I upgrade or should I not upgrade? And I came up with a game for you, Carter. I think, I think uh, I've got a game for you and your wife to play. As I, you have fun drive budget I have fun driving home for them, for sure. But before we get to all that, I've got uh, a lot of stuff to cover. We do want to speak to the Atlanta Adventure coming up at the end of October yeah, 2019. We have an update for you, and we're going to be hopefully giving you weekly updates on attendance from here on out. And Mandy Combs is our organizer for that, and she's been doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. She is on Discord. You can find her there, and uh, she has been keeping track of everything. So for all the events so far, we've got 10 people as of this recording signed up for all the various events. You know, some people can come to some things. And so the reason you can find the Eventbrite under the adventures tab on the website, everydaydriver.com. But the reason we're asking for the information and the few dollars to go towards organizing things is for restaurant reservations. So Mm -hmm. we know, and we can count on you're coming, you're bringing this many people, yeah. you know, we know what's going on rather than, oh my gosh, we've got 60 people. In this Utah. is what we learned from the first year's oh, Utah man. Adventure where we just went, this is bigger than we expected. Yeah. So we just kind of had to figure it out differently. We yeah. just we just wanted to uh, kind of corral that, I guess, in a little way. So thank you guys. We're looking forward to seeing you it's then. really cool. I'm and uh, yeah, you can find all the details and it's an a la carte. Think of it as a menu. If you can come to any and all of the events, yeah, it's going to be wonderful, great. It's going to be great. Some, yeah. none, whatever. We'd love to see you and, and uh, thank you to all of you who have been asking for an East Coast meetup for a long time. We're really excited to get there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're going to be shooting. We're planning on shooting a TV episode prior to that weekend's meetup. So we're getting our business done, yep. Yep. and then we'll have the meetup and, uh, and then bored. fly home. Because we're bored. We had nothing to do. We just thought, yeah. let's shoot something while nothing we're here. Do. No, but, that's, but the big thing that happens with you and I is we really like these meetups. Obviously, we did the Utah one in our backyard. But one of the things that's kind of paramount for us is when we do travel, it's it's important for us to get content done during the travel itself. Yeah. So, uh, like, when we go yeah. to Germany this year, we're actually shooting a TV episode while we're on the pilgrimage trip, which is kind of a little bit nuts. Well, yeah, it's but the killing two birds with one stone. Totally. It's, you know, if we're spending the budget on travel mm-hmm. and expenses, yep. Yep, we yep. want to come away with a good amount of content, mm-hmm. either yeah. for YouTube, but ideally for television. So if that's can, what we're yeah. shooting for yeah. is season six. And so we're getting that episode hopefully complete. And then a uh, little, little bit of a relaxed time, but we're still going to be shooting a couple of fast blasts and... Uh, Hopefully uh, the experience as well. It's going to be really uh, cool. We got a really cool. Yes, we got a really cool road tour. Porsche Experience Center is involved. Uh, It's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to looking forward to meeting many of you for the first time. That'll be great as well. Lots of uh, cars at the 2019 Frankfurt Motor Show. I want to call out some notable things that stick out on my mind, and hopefully Good. you guys are seeing the uh, the feed start to come across. As of this recording, also, the press days are going on, then it opens to the general public, and it's 10 halls, I think, of cars. It is it's always absolutely fantastically enormous. It is the home turf for all the German auto manufacturers, and then you know pretty much all of Europe. It's such a great... It, it alternates between Paris and Frankfurt every yeah. other year, yeah. so it goes back and forth. So next year in 2020, it will be back in Paris. And then they keep going back and forth. But I want to bring up the BMW Concept 4, specifically BMW with their grill <laughs> problem. I, they I, discovered barbecue grills, I Very I feel quickly, like. I have to give a shout-out to Chance. Yeah, yeah. He's named it the Chrome Beaver Teeth, and I think that should stick. <laughs> and, I, and for, for inexplicable oh, reasons, I, think, I, I, want to, I want to say it as the Chrome Beaver Teeth. The chrome beaver teeth. <laughs> you got to say it with a lisp. Yes, because the teeth got in the way. It's just, <laughs> what is going on there? I I have decided BMW is now ruining their cars with the huge grill. Because if you see this Concept 4, 
the car actually looks great. Put your thumb it looks, it over looks, the grill yes, to hide, to hide it them. It looks beautiful. It's excellent. It looks very similar. And then you see the grill. Totally. I like the beaver to, teeth. I'll go with the beaver be, teeth. Be, beaver teeth. Beaver teeth. BMW's beaver <laughs> That's teeth. too much. Yeah. That's great. We've got the Lexus Ma and the BMW beaver <laughs> teeth. So th- thank you, Chance, by the way. But, but no, honestly, this does look like what it's supposed to be, which is a direct competitor to the Audi S5. It has similar yeah, kind of lines, yeah. but it has a BMW thing about it. I like it. And then you have beaver teeth. Well, think of what all the German manufacturers have done. They've come up with a large signature grill. Mercedes has done that, but they filled it with the Mercedes mm-hmm. logo. Well, we have Audi to Audi thank for has this. done it. Yeah. But I feel like BMW was kind of feeling left out. Clearly. And so they decided, Clearly. well, what if we just, you know, scaled up the grill, the, the kidney grills, <laughs> and stuck them on? We elongated, we stretched. It, it literally looks like they stretched it mm-hmm. and plastered it on the front to not good effect. And so I think, all right, I'm, I'm coming with ideas for BMW to explore instead. <laughs> explore negative space with the grills or come up with a, a defined shape that is a large opening, okay. but then the actual kidneys are a smaller shape kind of deep within that, and they're a bit more subtle, even though you know Audi and Mercedes are doing this huge in-your-face yeah. kind yeah. of thing, very recognizable, very standout kind of thing. But there's still some room in this world for subtlety, too. It still works. Yeah. And maybe have these kidney grills tucked back in. Maybe they're just a black outline and just sort of a hint and suggestion of the kidney grill rather than smashing all of us over the head with the deep, the beaver teeth. Yes, exactly. Well, everybody knows that those grills, even if you don't know BMW, that's just, I feel like, kind of subconsciously you're aware of those, let's put it this way, those two rectangles. <laughs> and with the rondelle above them, that is kind of BMW. It doesn't matter the shape of it. Why does it have to be enormous? And you said you've got other ideas. I've got other ideas. Anything but what they've done here. I mean, I'm tempted to spend time in Photoshop, shrink them back down, I think you and should. say, at Adrian von Hoydunk, who is in charge of BMW styling, say, sure. stop it. Yeah, th- stop it. Just this is teeth. what you should have done. Because Yikes. the brand new BMW X1, multiple BMWs, the X1 is borderline for me, but everything else, with the exception of the M2, but it hasn't gone through the cycle refresh yet. Frightening the thought. The Z4, and I do like the new 3 Series, the G23 Series. I yeah. like those three yeah. cars, but they haven't been influenced by this quite yet. Everything else has gone. The new 7 Series, the X7, this new Concept 4, the yeah. X1, the X4, name the BMW, and the, this right. is the direction You're we're right. going. And it's almost like they're off the cliff yet, and we're holding them by their hand. Like the, we've got a edge of their go. sweater, and like, don't fall off the cliff. There yet. are reasons to live. <laughs> Stop doing yeah. this. This is, it's nasty. It's mm-hmm. unnecessary. And there's so many better ways of expressing these long historical kidney grills yeah. without this, because. Honestly, I think it's souring fans of BMW going, ah, now I got to look backwards. I got to go buy an E39 M5 now to satisfy myself, you know? Yeah, I'm man. I'm not a fan. So, BMW. <laughs> now we've properly Screech. eviscerated that. Let's move on. Yeah. We have to move on to the Audi SQ8. You and I recently drove the Q8 mm-hmm. and actually pretty darn impressed by that. Yeah, very much so. The SQ8 has been introduced with a 4-liter twin-turbo V8 diesel. Yeah, they're still exploring Ooh. this. Wait, that word exists in the Volkswagen? I actually said the word. I'm you can believe it. They also have the RS7 Sportback, which is 592 horsepower, Good twin turbo great. V8 goodness with a 48-volt mild hybrid drivetrain. Mm-hmm. But the car that's also kind of cool that competes with the Volvo uh, 90 cr- uh, cross-country. They're, okay. they're yeah. huge S90 they're big, cross-country. big, big. Wagon They've got there. the A6 all-road, so they brought that mm-hmm. back. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I want more all-roading of... It's it's hinting at the safari thing, but without yeah. being safari. It's yeah. all road is like the step down. It's safari light. Yeah, it is safari light. That's a good descriptor. So yeah. they've got the A6 all road going on, and then of course the Mercedes Vision EQS concept, which is like they've kind of made the new S class. It is gorgeous. One arc. They said this is from Mercedes. One arc describing the entire form. So it's a one bow design, but apparently up to a 434 mile range, 700 kilometers. Depending on the the power source and how it's generated, but sure, after I think the, it's absolutely gorgeous. After it gets out of concept step, 
hopefully it'll be that that much range. I like what I mean, they're doing. That Katie's technology crushing is crushing it right now. That technology is changing every thirty seconds, so uh, that's interesting. I mean, it is a very cool looking car. I, it's a little off into concept land for me right now. I oh, very much so. Lands, very you know, much but, so. But it's a but it's cool looking, and you're right. Mercedes in the last few years has had a lot of big throwdowns at shows. Oh man, yeah. It's simple and clean, and it's not fussy. It's just elegant, gorgeous looking shapes. I'm going to be really ridiculous for a second. This All is right. one of the things that bugs me. Uh, this is your show car. It's sitting it on the floor. Mm-hmm. You were able to position it perfectly under the lighting. Did nobody think to make sure that the logos on the center caps were right side up? <laughs> I know. This drives nobody you up a wall. Nobody in the entire... This drives uh, the, you up all, a wall. The whole point of it to be is to sit there and just be like, we're Mercedes. That's its entire reason for being. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure the logos are right side up. Yeah. I'm just saying. Somebody on the staff should have been like, huh, maybe we should spin that wheel. Or like pop out the or center, just like, exactly take a screwdriver pop it I'm out. Saying, the hardest it gets is we have to spin the wheel. The easiest it gets is like just eek, you know <laughs> squeak. If I was over there, I'd be I, I have my hands on the hub right now trying to go fix fix. Anyway, all right. What else? The uh, the standout from Hyundai is the forty five EV concept. And Sangyup Lee leading the design, the charge <clears throat> on that oh, one. Oh God! And uh, he's uh, jokes. apparently in charge of all the electric vehicles, from my understanding. He is the guy who influenced heavily the the new Camaro when it came out. Prior to the yeah. sixth generation Camaro, so I guess it would be the fifth one. And the first Transformers one. Uh, yes, the first Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. first Transformers Camaro, and we all instantly know what I'm talking about. So that That's was his sketch that really defined where where that car went stylistically. He was at GM and then uh, went to Hyundai Kia Genesis, and now he's influencing Hyundai for all their electric cars. And he said uh, these cars are being styled differently than everything else in Hyundai's portfolio, and you'll notice this car because. It's the 45-degree angle kind of theme everywhere, but mm, it references mm. the 74 Pony Coupe concept designed by the Italian, the long-famous Giorgetto Giugiaro. Mm. Fantastic. Very different for Hyundai. Very different design language. Very interesting. I mean, yeah. they're talking about you know LEDs on the side of the car. You know, hey, I'm looking for a charger, or maybe that's how you communicate. Like, hey, we're gonna have a roll. Is it gonna be a scrolling billboard down the side of the it car? Could be. It could be. Currently bored. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Don't bother me. Exactly. You never know. I mean, there could be some uses there. Messaging. All right. So what else? Uh, the Honda E, that little tiny Honda concept car that has now become the electric car from Honda, the fully electric car. Is that rear wheel drive? I need to look. Because this is the thing I've been pondering about electric cars that I really like, is that electric drivetrains seem to be leading us back to rear-wheel drive options, which I'm very excited about. I'm wondering if this little Honda E is rear-wheel drive, and I'm sorry that I don't know. But it's intriguing looking, isn't it? It sure is. I I think it's really good looking. It's simple. Notice what Mercedes is doing with their single shapes, their single forms, and notice what Honda's doing. And again, simple is hard to do because you want to put a yep. crease, a yep. line, a little up-tilting surface mm-hmm. to catch a light there. What about a flourish? No flourish, no you flourish. You want to do it's that. Okay. It's okay. You think, well, no, it didn't get better. And so the simplicity is absolutely tough and, and well-executed. So I like that. And that car actually... No word on availability for North America at this yeah, point. Which is too bad. I hope so, but they've got a 137-mile range on that car, which is decent. It's decent. But uh, two motor options and then, you know, not as many details on that one quite yet. Do we do we like so we'll the say, Land Rover Bronco? I like the Land Rover Bronco, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you are following me though, aren't though, don't you? You've seen the photos and you know how I got there. Bronco's not even out yet. It's the Land Rover Bronco, I'm just saying. I dig it. I, I They've been needing a. Uh, they've been needing to address this discovery and do something cool the and defender, fresh. Yeah. Defender, excuse me, yes, and uh, do something new. And I kind of dig it. I like the size. I like those, the proportions. Those are one of those the first cars I feel like I encountered in Los Angeles that everybody I knew that bought one made money when they sold it. God. It was like late '90s, early 2000s. But they when didn't I first buy it into one. thinking they would. They just Tri- no, stumbled and that's tripped the, down that's the, the stairs thing I'm into money. That's the thing I'm saying is that I knew a couple people in Los Angeles that worked in the film industry that bought Defenders because they thought they were cool, and then they commuted in them for a few weeks and went, right. "This is not good for commuting in Los Angeles." <laughs> and then somebody walked up to them and offered them ten or fifteen grand more. Two different people, ten or fifteen no grand kidding. more than they had bought it for, and they sold it. And those same guys now are looking back and going, "Wish I would have kept it because now it's worth." I mean, that was the beginning of the weird spike of those cars. Mm-hmm. 
years. Mm. And I actually mm. think they're going to go up again with this new defender. I think mm. the, the old ones Could are going to go up again. I think that is that classic thing that people like about the classic stuff. It, it's the, new, the old defender is going to be the air-cooled 911. Uh, the people that like defenders, the new one is just to fill in the blank. I whatever think this, it is. the group is smaller than the 911 enthusiasts out there. Oh, for sure. I think it's tiny. For in sure, comparison. but there's fewer defenders too. Well, yeah. yeah. And then finally, the Ford Puma CUV. You know, we're seeing CUVs everywhere from Ford. <clears throat> Mondeo. They're, they're recycling all those names. These when in doubt, the, make a CUV. The Puma back in the late 90s mm-hmm. was a little tiny hot hatch. I liked the Puma, but actually I do like the CUV version of it. The styling is, I like it a lot, but I don't like it because it's a CUV and I don't like it because it's, you know, Ford just, we're all doing CUVs, trucks, and the Mustang. I really honestly don't think you can jump the shark more than making a CUV version of the Mustang. And I know that's coming and I'm putting it out there right now. That is the pinnacle of what the heck is going on. I'm trying not to be too cynical about it. I'm reserving the right to like it. We'll see. We've got to jump to the debate for James T. He's in Southern Ontario, and he wants to break the cycle because he's been into cars for about a decade now, and he says it seems that every time he buys something new, after about three or four years, he wants to buy something else. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. It doesn't get better, honestly. That, 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 thanks for writing, James, and this is, this is the addiction that we all have for sure. <laughs> he said for some reason he's got a hard time becoming content with a car as opposed to every other appliance. You know, I don't replace my washing machine every four years. Yeah, unless it breaks. Yeah. But he loves the idea of owning a car for 10-plus years, but seldom does he ever get there. Mm-hmm. question is, is he buying the wrong cars, or as we, this disease-infected auto-enthusiast auto group... All of us, all of you listening, yes. Are we just more inclined to want different experiences? Which is it? Mm-hmm. All right, so he's gone from a 96 Ultima, Chevrolet Cobalt Coupe, a Chevy Cruze, and he currently owns a 2015 Honda Accord Coupe. All those were all automatics. Yeah, yeah. And then three years ago, he decided, you know what? I want to learn manual. So we bought a $500 Saturn SL. <clears throat> I'm going to try to no, not make retching noises. But but he bought it as a car he could just beat on. Come on, $500 with a five-speed. He can learn to drive stick, get good at driving stick on a car he doesn't care about at all. And when it grenades, who cares? It's true. It's true. It does. It is one way to do it. I, yeah. I applaud you for that. So he's not sure if he wants this manual for his commute. He's got about a 30-minute one-way commute in southern Ontario. He likes the Honda. says the seats are not good for anything longer than 15 minutes. Mm, Likes the compact thing. And he's entertaining the idea of trading in the Honda for something of equivalent value. Starting to drive some things. James, it seems like you're starting to drive. You know, give yourself some drive homework. Yeah, beginning. beginning, Turbo, Corolla. What else? Oh, base Mini Cooper. 1.5, three-cylinder. Okay. All right. Starting to. So the question is, does he feed the disease? Does he cave? Yeah. Or does he just appreciate what he's got, the Honda, and move on? Just keep driving. Tough love time, James. I'm really sorry. <laughs> just just hang on to something, okay? Here's, here's the thing I hate to say to you. Because, look, first off, we can t- paint with the broad brush, and that is we're all enthusiasts. We all love cars. You aren't ever really satisfied because yeah. you could go get another car experience. Uh, my FRS, when I sold it, day I sold it, still loved that car. Sold it. I have the Elise, yeah, yeah. and I have to be honest, I struggle. Struggle's way too strong a word, but I, but I, I debate. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The struggle. Because I love driving that car, and every time I drive it, I am uh, in, down the end of the block. I'm aware again of all the reasons that I love it. And I still am like, should I get something else? Mm-hmm. But I love it completely, which is really weird to live in both camps at once. The problem you have, James, is as a car enthusiast, I don't think you're ever going to be like, I'm good. I don't need any more cars. I've had enough cars. I'm good. That's always going to pr- exist. But it's combined with the fact of, look at your own list of cars. Okay. You have owned a string of cars that are fine. Yeah. They're they're fine. I agree with that. They're fine. Yeah, yeah. And I'll give you you an odd example. Did you ever date somebody who was nice? (laughs) They're they're, they're cute. Careful now. They're friendly. No, seriously. They're cute. They're friendly. They have nice parents. They come from a nice family. They seem like a good person. I, they, they aren't really offensive. They have nice hobbies. They're just nice. But there's nothing about them that is like, whoa, hmm. hey, that's, well, I, I, that's amazing. There's nothing. They're just nice. You <laughs> Show owned, me your tattoos again. <laughs> you have owned a string of nice cars, fine cars. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that wears out. Because you're waiting for that personality to burst through and engage you. 
And hopefully the person that you date and ultimately marry has that kind of weird, quirky things like we like in cars, weird, quirky thing. You're just like, I have to be with that. Okay. Mm, sure. And you haven't had that. Look at the list of cars you've owned. You've had a lot of cars that are fine. Mm. You need cars that have got some quirk about them or some personality. You need to drive some stuff. This is your big drive homework. Drive some stuff that is known to be enthusiast greatest hits stuff. Find okay. something okay. that is designed to be a fun driver's car in addition to being just a Honda Accord that runs. Look, Honda Accord coupes are good. They handle well. They run. You get them in a manual, good manual. I, sure, there's, sure. There's, there are very few boxes on a Honda Accord coupe where I can be like, that car is awful. I really can't do that. Yeah. But I also yeah. can't go, you have to drive a Honda Accord coupe. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I see that. So I think my big homework for you is to find cars that are not nice or fine. They are out of the middle ground. And I don't know if that's the answer for you, but you drove the Mini Cooper with the three-cylinder. Have you driven a Fiesta ST? It just go, at least okay. go drive. I'm not saying that's the car for you, but I'm just saying as a different idea, go drive one. So you're but saying we maybe need to it has recalibrate. some outstanding feature or way it drives, and it, it's let down on this, this, and this. Not so great, yeah. but it has this one outstanding thing that it does that – Tears your head off, and you love that about the What's car. What's the fun personality? You need to drive these cars, and look, think about mm. our greatest hits. This isn't going to surprise you. Think about the greatest hits we list. You could drive an EcoBoost Mustang. You could drive a WRX. You could drive an 86 chassis. By the way, I'm stopping real quick. 86 chassis, if you need the conversion, that is Scion FRS, Toyota 86, or Subaru BRZ. It's all three of those cars. Drive an 86 chassis, a Fiesta ST. Get in these cars we talk about a lot mm-hmm. and connect with why we talk about them a lot. They might not be for you. But none of them yeah. I would classify as just nice and fine. They're all quirky, and they've got personality, and they're weird. Drive a Fiat uh, 500 a Bart. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's just a quirky, weird little car, but, man, it's fun. You need to drive stuff like that to see where you land. I think if you mm. drove – honestly, I think if you drove – I'm on a rant here, but if you drove an MX-5 Miata, an 86, a Fiesta ST, and an, a 500 a Bart. Okay. All right. What what did you like? What 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 struck you? What what did you walk away from? And be like that was awesome, because I think you haven't found what kind of enthusiast you are yet. Because you've driven a lo- bunch of cars that you love cars, and they've been okay. James, I think you're a car collector and you don't know it yet, <laughs> or maybe Uh-oh. you're not willing to admit it yet. Does he collect Saturns? The Saturn collector. What is that? No, no, that's that'd be the landfill, right? The landfill is the Saturn collector, right? <laughs> Apologies to all you Saturn owners. Hopefully it's time for an upgrade. Saturn's just probably is, yeah. James, it's all about mindset. And I come to you with the two cars thought. Mm. How about this? One to keep forever, or at least until you're done with it. Okay. You don't have to make it a decade. And the other car to continually trade in and out. Okay? So you've got the one car that is, you know, baby. Whatever that is. Low cost, high cost, whatever that is. Okay. And then the, the other car over here is... This comes and goes. I try, you know, a pair of pants on and it comes and goes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what is that magic car? Is it a nostalgic car to you? Mm-hmm. You always dreamed about owning that car growing up. Or maybe it's a classic car yeah. or a moment in yeah. time car like you and I have discussed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 2011, 2012 is chock full of moment in time cars. Yes. Big time. Big time. Something you'll always be comfortable spending money on. Mm, maintenance. That's a good one. Storage. Good one. Insurance. Or like you said, a car that does one thing does it really well. But your other car does all the rest of the stuff. Sure. So it's sure. the track versus commute kind of mindset, but I'm drilling down further. Mm, okay, okay. This car does this one thing. It has this one thing that I love. Okay. It's terrible for everything else. I, I rarely start it. But when I want that one thing, boy, is it awesome. There's no other car like it. And sometimes that one thing you enjoy enough that you tolerate all the other bad stuff and you just keep driving it all the time. I mean... Uh, to, to, carry, to jump onto what What's you're your saying. What's your tolerance level? <laughs> exactly. To jump onto what you're saying, though, here's my other question for you, James. What is the car or cars that if you owned it, you'd be like, I own that car. I can't believe I own that car. You've never owned a car like that. It's clear from your listing. You've never owned a car. You're just like, I can't believe that is my car. And we know budget's a consideration. Totally. Of no, but I'm not. But I'm going completely wide on budgets. Sure. You could buy that car. At, look, I bought a $5,000 Mini Cooper, and it was great. Yeah. Okay. That was could, the only one on the planet. Though. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It was the only one that clean. Well, that's for what sure. I'm saying. It was yes. like 180,000 miles, and it's one owner and Crazy that clean, clean and 
What? Hat tip, Evan. Bravo on having that car. And it, spot continues. But uh, but here's the thing. What what are what are the list of cars that have you had when you'd be like, I own that. Mm-hmm. Explore that world. I mean, you and I have said endlessly, you don't have to dislike a car to get rid of it. You mentioned that at the top of the podcast with your 86. The flip side of that is giving yourself permission to like a car long enough to never sell it or wait a decade or longer, like you're saying, James. Now, I think we're in this cool golden age of cars, this undefinable kind of a new new age. I don't – golden age is the wrong word, but it's it's a – kind of a new frontier of cars. It's a transition that we're seeing with electric cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. coming like crazy at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combined with the amount of fun new and used cars from decades past gives us a totally. lot of choices for all of us to go consider. Totally. And it's going to continue because I hope manufacturers make some sort of cool, fun electric car instead of, well, it's the electric car that's the van. It does everything because it's the big electric car. What How if, about just the, yeah. you know, Tesla started with the Tesla Roadster. That was yeah. just an experiment, like, can we do this kind sure. of car? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wh- where's that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. bring that kind of thinking back and start to make the fun portfolio with your electric cars. And I'm talking way out in the future now because we're still getting twin turbo V8 diesels out of our but, Audi SQ8s. But what, but what if the Honda E is gloriously fun to drive? Wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah. What if it feels like a, a carryover of the Fiesta ST or the Honda CRX? It feels like that kind of fun. That'd be great. And electric? I, let's go get one. Honestly. I mean, what I miss about the whole thought of the future of electric cars is the manual transmission. It's a bummer. True. Yeah, yeah. It's for a sure. genuine for sure. bummer. Yeah, yeah. But then there's the trade-offs. You're saying, like, what if they are genuinely fun to drive yeah. and... All right, I miss a manual transmission, but man, is this so much fun, and I can't wait to drive it. But I, but I also wonder if, sorry, I'm off on a tangent here, though, but I also wonder if the manual transmission is going, I've mentioned this before, is going to become like the record player. If you have a hmm. record player and a big collection of vinyl, and I'm not this guy, but I know people like this. You have yeah. a big collection of vinyl. There is a, an earthy, analog, amazing, timeless quality to listening to a really well-mastered record on yeah. a really good record player. It's very <laughs> cool. I don't believe for a second that people that have a really nice vinyl collection and a record player don't listen to music in their car, don't listen to music on headphones when they're out. Yeah, streaming from they, Spotify or They're listening yeah. to digital something. Oh, sure, sure. So my point is, I hope that that's what the manual becomes. It becomes a, a, a connoisseur's available transmission. Hmm. You know, that, 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 that they don't go away. Like, that's the thing. You can go buy vinyl that wasn't made 40 years ago. It's like a recent, hey, it's a recent record for your awesome record player. <laughs> so let's get, yeah. the, let's have manual transmissions in 20, 30 years that are for the people that, yes, I have my Honda E commuter pod, but I also have this because it's got a brand new manual. Have you seen how good this six speed is? Let's do both. Yeah. I mean, James, if we tell you to stay where you're at with that, I guarantee you in three weeks, you'll be chafing to go get something else. Mm-hmm. So investigate leasing because you want to trade in and out. Look at leasing. See if it's for you. Hmm, But yeah, come up with a list. Generate a list of cars that intrigue you. I've got this thought that occurred to me when we were talking about electric cars the other day. Okay. I like fresh food. Yeah. I like a variety of food. It's hard for me to eat the same meal on a daily basis except for breakfast. I love breakfast. Yeah. Paul and breakfast breakfast and me are like Mm – I love breakfast. Paul will judge the quality of a hotel entirely based on their breakfast. It could have been a fantastic hotel and they could screw up breakfast and you're done. They're never coming back here. Done. Yes. So I was thinking, I like to go get fresh food. Like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, corner stores in San Francisco or Europe where you can just pop down and get fresh bread and fresh food and take it back to your place. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to do. Yeah. Our electric cars, because they're going to be just so easy, it's not like, well, I got to start her up and. You know, go do this. It's just, boom, it's rolling instantly. It's mm, like the mm. iPad. It's just instant on. You don't have to wait for your computer to boot up. True. It's just instantly on True, and you yeah. go. Our electric car is going to change all of our food gathering. So you don't have to hmm. go do the Costco run anymore. It's like, well, I just fill my food with like two days of fresh, delicious food. And then I'll go get more in two days. Who knows? Because I have a Honda E or Who whatever. knows? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Food for thought. Thank you for your question, James. Really appreciate it. If you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We've got more coming at you. We're all looking for great driving roads, and we've even tried to share and list some of them along the way. But now there's an app that can help anyone worldwide mark, share, and find the best roads everywhere. Driveline is the world's first social driving app. 
It allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road, and you can mark great pit stops, record and attach video, and you can create pins with photos to share. It's the first sharing and social driving app. You can follow people that drive interesting roads, see what they're driving. You can search an area you've never driven before. And if you find a route you like, you just hit drive it and get guided to the beginning of your new favorite road. You can even earn points and patches for your activities on the app, which build towards actual car giveaways. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your posting and drives earn you points to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the combination of community and great drives. You can get in early right now and shape the app and the community. So download Driveline to your phone today. Start sharing your favorite roads, meeting other drivers, and finding a new route for your next adventure. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, CarsDirect, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Yet another car debate for Canada. Thank you to all of you listening, Canada. You actually, you guys engage a lot, by the way. And I'm about to get more comments from Canada because we're getting close to winter driving season when more people will suddenly start watching my FRS in the snow piece. And Canadians will comment that it's not enough snow to be talking about it seriously. That's not winter. You think winter? Hold yeah, my beer. Exactly. A lot of that will happen. But trust me, we get plenty of winter here. And those are great cars. But the great thing is, actually, every time that that video uh, bubbles up again mm -hmm. many people in canada talk about all the rear wheel drive cars they drive through canada so super cool snow tires carter's writing to us from canada he's asking to upgrade or not upgrade he's telling us thank you first off because uh, he and his wife brought bought a 987.2 that is the back half of the first generation porsche cayman mm -hmm. it's guards red tan interior six-speed manual he and his wife both turned 30. They could not love this car more, and they credit us with helping them kind of search around and land on that car. So, hey, we're glad to have been helpful. But this is the car at the crux of this discussion. I love this, Carter. Thanks for writing. They're writing because they've owned the car for five years. They're both getting the new car bug. They want rear seats for future space, maybe a child seat in the fun car or a bump in power. And he says, well, isn't the obvious thing to do here to just upgrade to a 911? 997.2 or 991 first gen. Yeah. But is the driving experience $40,000 plus more than a Cayman? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for writing. <laughs> Good to have you here. He feels like. Sorry. It's, it's, uh, Sorry. Was that a spoiler alert? 79% is good. The Cayman anyway, 70. Yeah. I don't know. He feels like they may up feeling like they just set $40,000 on fire and have the same car in a different color because they like small analog, have a very hard time now mm -hmm. convincing his wife out of a Porsche now, which I love to hear, by the way. Yeah. That's great. So he sees two scenarios. First of all, sell the Cayman, get a 911. 
even though they've got a lot of memories, they're very attached to the Cayman, or keep the Cayman and buy lightly used Macan S or GTS. Okay. Okay. He's also suggested an Evora, a Lexus RCF, a Lexus LC500, mm-hmm. and their entire car list right now includes a 2014 Toyota Tacoma double cab four-wheel drive, 2010 Mercedes E550 all-wheel drive, okay. the Cayman, wow. and a 1994 Suzuki Alto works all-wheel drive. So this is a JDM K car. I think that's turbocharged. I think that's what the work indica- works indicates. Yeah. And he says, this is my favorite out of the bunch. Pretty cool, this little tiny K car. Yes, for sure. So, Carter, I um, <clears throat> I came at this, I invented a game for you and your wife. I'm a little terrified, but I'm intrigued to hear what you've done. Now, I want you to drive some cars that could potentially replace your entire fleet. Not the Suzuki, keep the Suzuki. Okay, okay. But what if you had one larger, more comfortable car and also a sports car? Like, okay. you know, both of you could trade off. You'd enjoy driving either car and trading every other day or every week or something like that. That might be able to work. And you can always come back to Porsche. You know you love it. True. They'll true, always true. make yeah. more. They'll always be available, right? <laughs> the Doritos of performance cars. <laughs> Porsche. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Remember the Jay Leno Doritos? Yes. Remember those? Crunch all you want. We'll make more. Yeah. And now he's just, anyway, money and cars. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I call this the antithetical combinations. All right. The extremes of driving and the extremes of dollars. You're going spectrum of sacrifice in two cars. You're kind doing the, the of, okay, Kind of. Keep going. But it includes the, the car you spent all your money on and maybe the other is an inexpensive, fun driving experience. Or maybe okay. it's the other way around. Maybe okay. the you know, big, large sedan is the one you spent all your money on. Okay. All right. But ultimately, Carter, they have to be cars that either of you would fight each other to drive. I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Like for cars sure, yeah. that make you waffle. They're waffle cars. You're waffling waffle back and forth. cars. Okay. You know, Got you it. buy one, you lease the other, depending on how you want to trade out. So the warm up is a Porsche 944 and an E39 BMW M5. So two classics, very different. Very different. All right, the all right. E39 is actually the expensive one. You get a yeah. cheap 944, you but can. still fun to drive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you're, you know, imagine you're driving one or the other, and you're like, oh, in two days we get to switch. Sweet! <laughs> I can't wait to drive that because of whatever reason. Darn it! He took that one. Yeah. So I started there. I have seven more combinations. Oh here. no! Okay, got it. All right. Jaguar F Type S. Like it. Versus a Cadillac CTSV. Those are bookends. Well done, sir. Opposites. Yeah. Okay. Now, hang on. In this scenario, are they getting rid of anything? They have to get rid of everything. Cayman, You're getting Toyota, rid of the entire fleet. and the Mercedes. Keep wow. the Suzuki. Okay. Yes. Thank right. you for clarifying. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Because we need the money to spend to throw at the game. Okay. All right. Toyota 86. Like it, of course. Yeah. And a Tesla Model S. Very good mix. Different. Yeah, but you'd look forward to driving mix. either. Yeah. Complete palate cleansing on both ends. Yeah. All right. Number four. First-gen Acura NSX. Like it. And a Porsche Panamera. That's good. I like that combo a lot. Those are both kind of expensive, but you know what I mean. I like that combo a lot, though. Well, <clears> but, but if you shopped right, you could get both those cars for under hundred grand. Yeah, and, yeah and, you could. And like good versions of both, not yeah. like the, the cheapest, worst one. Don't do the internet YouTube channel. I bought the worst. not saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's no, not no. that. Like actual <laughs> ones that run. Okay, you're going to like this one. Lotus Evora. Like it, of course. And a Chevy SS. That's kind of my dream garage right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like the Todd garage. Like, hmm, which should I who take? Who am I today? All right, honey, you're taking the Chevy SS. I'm going to go yep. spirit of driving the Lotus. Yep. Or you're, you know, you you want the Chevy? Great. I left the driveway sideways in a cloud of smoke. And tomorrow I'm going to carve some quarters in the Avora. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm thrilled right now. I'm starting to imbalance the money equation here with a Uh-oh. used Mini Cooper S. Fun. Okay. Yeah, expensive. Yeah. yeah, cheap. Have you seen that new 2020 Audi RS6 Avant with almost 600 horsepower in your yeah, Avant? Yeah, that's that's the family rocket ship right there for sure, yeah. All right, number seven, a used BMW i8. Like it a lot. And a Genesis G70. That's a good pairing. You'd want to drive both. Those, those, Yeah, and those are both really solid cars, interesting cars. You've done well. Got one those more for you. Pairing. Well, you said you had seven. You got eight. Okay, keep got going. Eight. All right, great. <clears throat> McLaren 570 GT. Sure, why not? And since you spent all your money on that car, a 1994 Camry LE. <laughs> all right, I mean, I know nobody's fighting over the Camry keys, but at least you'd have a McLaren you'd to have, look forward to. You would have to. a McLaren. The upside is McLaren. Like, I get it. That's a little, funny. you know, the little black cloud, the cartoon cloud over your head, driving the Camry like, I can't wait to drive Mr. the McLaren. McLaren. But then you have a McLaren to look That's forward funny. to. 
That's really funny. But then when you're driving the McLaren, you got to go back to the 94 Camry. Carter, I'm sure but you... it would be cheap. <laughs> I'm sure you and your Come wife on. are both listening, and there will be much discussion here. I want to clarify a couple things. First off, you said this Cayman is the base Cayman. Now, those are still crazy fun, but you have the base Cayman, not the Cayman S. If you had jumped up to the 911 or Avora or something, you're also going to get more power in the equation. But I really hear, when I read this email, I really hear how much love you have for this car. I also find it interesting that you don't specify that you plan to get rid of anything in the fleet. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Cayman, but the rest of it is just listed here as we have this stuff. These exist. The Tacoma, the Mercedes, uh, uh, the Cayman obviously may go, but the Tacoma, the Mercedes, and the Suzuki are just, they're just there. They're not yeah. even needing to be sold. And in spite of that, you're considering keeping the Cayman and buying a lightly used Macan or GTS. Mm-hmm. So that suggests to mm-hmm. me that... In this scenario, theoretically, all your cars could stay, and you could spend roughly thirty-five, forty grand. That's what I'm hearing. Right, right. So my feeling for you is, don't get rid of that Cayman. Let's keep it for a little while longer. Oh, because you guys have got that. That to me feels like that was your together as a couple access car to being car enthusiasts and to having a car you fight over. Mm. So that mm. has memories. That has all the nostalgia that makes you car people and a car couple. So let's keep it. But that means you need something completely different than that as the potential extra family car. <laughs> okay? With extra money? Do well, you use extra money but, to buy but, the extra but family car? But clearly they've got thirty to forty grand to spend here. Yeah, true. If they true. keep the Cayman. So, so let's just shop in that world. And you know what you don't have and you need? <laughs> Honestly. I need. Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a Macan. Look, you've got you've got the Porsche thing and that feeling handled. Let's go somewhere you don't have something that is unlike anything else in your stable. You need a hot hatch, a modern four door hot hatch, or a modern family capable hot hatch. Oh, okay. I'm shopping for you at thirty five forty grand. You need to drive three cars because I think any of these are your fun parent car. Because you're talking about being parents, you want a car that if you get out of the Cayman and you get into this one, you're still having so much fun. Okay. Focus RS, Civic Type R, which I really think may be the winner right now for, like, the ultimate dad car. That's a great car. And the Veloster N. Yeah, that's good. It's three, not four doors. But the side you need for the the child seat, it's got a door. So (laughs) any of those three cars, if you drove those, you like driving manual, you want a car that's interesting and fun to drive in, that is a great balance to the Cayman. And none of you would, neither of you would be unhappy to drive one of those three cars. I actually think the Focus RS is the least of those three because I think it is the least comfortable as a daily. But I would daily yeah. a Civic Type yeah. R or a Veloster in tomorrow. Heck yeah. Incredibly well oh, balanced yeah. front wheel drive, hot hatches with space in the back for the potential child seat. You keep the Cayman, I'm out. Carter, decisions to be made, my friend. Let us know, because uh, we do want car conclusions at, from all of you, actually. But, for sure, yeah. But uh, hopefully this is helpful. And, uh, yeah, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Got a lot of fun questions. Thank you guys for the amazing, consistent questions. I yeah, consistently really ask for questions for us. And you guys always come through. Well done. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Looking for a question here. Since we're talking about electric cars, Michael H. is saying, Is there a Matrix-style pill you take when you take delivery of a Tesla? The owners oh, no. are some of the most biased and brainwashed he's seen. What other brands tend to bring that level of bias? <clears throat> Porsche. <clears throat> what? He's reading <laughs> comments about the Taycan versus Model S on the ring and the battle and blah, blah, blah. Okay. No, it's just Tesla has kicked everybody else in the teeth. I keep saying this. And, you know, they've, they've instigated the electric cars and pulling that out of manufacturers, and now there's competition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's the Lewis versus Sebastian. It's name your football team over here and your football team over here. It's, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. whatever the rivalries are all over the world. And I think rivalries are great. Competition mm-hmm. is healthy. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, I mean, there is a little bit of it. We've seen that from owners who are Porsche and race car enthusiasts, but they've got a Tesla and they love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It does different things, though. It's It feeds, I think, different things in your car enthusiast persona. Okay. I, I don't think so. I don't think there's a pill you take. But <laughs> I can certainly see how that, as you've said before, non-car enthusiasts are s- suddenly finding themselves really gravitating towards this because it touches on early adoption. It touches on tech. It touches on, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, wow, I like driving that I 
didn't know that I never got out of a, a gasoline-powered car. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think people that have never really had a car they loved or, or liked driving much, they wind up in a Tesla, and it's so different and genuinely impressive that now all other cars are irrelevant in their mind. They mm-hmm. don't even see them anymore. I've definitely seen that. I think it, there's, there's a much broader perspective when it's people that drive lots of things and have a Tesla in their garage. There's real merit to that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Alex Maiden asked on Facebook, he says, I used to have a GT86. Now I have a Nissan 370Z. Okay. What do we think is the next step up in Japanese sports cars? Ooh. Now, you don't list a budget. Well, I have mine. And I don't know how far you want to go mm. in budget up the food chain because high up the food chain, leaving – because let me step to the side here. You've had two really good Japanese cars mm-hmm. from two different manufacturers, both of which are front-engine rear-wheel drive. Okay? Yeah. I have another one for you, and you may be thinking of it as well. But okay. I'm wondering, do you want to go to a different feeling? Because if you've got money and you want to go to a different feeling, you do have the NSXs and the GTRs up above 100 grand. Yeah, NSX is on my list. Okay. But I actually think the next step is Supra. Do you? Yeah. Is it Japanese enough? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think so. And it is – here's the thing. It's also a bridge car. It's in the same vein of the stuff he's had, and it also is enough German that it broadens his horizons Mm -hmm, without mm -hmm. not buying a Japanese car. If we're talking a Japanese car, we've we've gotten to the fringes okay, sure. of other kinds of driving experiences. The Supra has actually helped with its German German genes. Sure, I was thinking Honda because it's yet another manufacturer he hasn't experienced. Okay. He's gone Toyota, Nissan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's rear mid engine, and I would you pay twenty five for that three seventy Z twenty? Could you pay forty five fifty for a, a uh, decent ish? NSX? You're doing first-gen NSX. First-gen. Yeah, I see that. Absolutely oh, yeah. first-gen. For sure, for sure, for sure, yeah. And, you know, drive a Japanese car at the height of their powers. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to also climb the performance food chain at the same time. And I think GT86 to 370Z is a – you can see the direction of that increase. And I mm-hmm. think the Supra is on that same path. Not not as far as the 86 to the 370Z, but I think it's on the same trajectory. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you just buy a brand-new new NSX and have a totally <laughs> different experience. <laughs> All right, Benzen217 on Instagram asking about auto manufacturers and their dropping cars. He said, studies are showing that millennials are starting to buy new. Now nearing 30% of new vehicle sales. Mm. I would love to see this study. I've not verified this. I would too. But if you're claiming that's what you've read, I'd be interested to see this. Please send it to us at our email. He says, with that, turns out cars are preferred. Instead of SUVs. Instead of SUVs, yes. Cars over SUVs. Mm -hmm. Now, eight of the top ten millennial vehicles are cars. Are car manufacturers short-sighted in dropping cars from their lineup? Well, I think it has to do with people, say, in a Tesla Model 3. Okay. They're loving it, and it's a car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're discovering the driving dynamics of a car. Sure. Uh, How about, yeah, I... I don't think it needs to be so quickly. I think the CUV SUV market reaction is a little bit of a knee jerk thing mm. because we're just, I, I've now read articles from wall street journal saying, you know, car dealers are like, we've got too many SUVs and CUVs. We've They're got not too different many. Enough. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all the same. Yeah. I mean, Hyundai is, you know, kind of guilty of that. I'll mm-hmm. say, but I, I do think they're a little bit preemptive and dropping cars. I think there's still more cars that can be explored to be honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd love to see this. I'm very curious about, you know, the gravitation towards new cars because you and I preach if you can and you want a new car and it appeals to you, get the new car because, yeah. you know, used cars from here on out. <laughs> All of us listening also want used cars. So used somebody's car got to buy a new one. Yeah. But I I'm I find that very curious, but it does speak to All right, maybe car manufacturers were a little hasty in getting rid of cars. Yeah. Ford, I'm looking at you. Well, but the market, pick your area, and cars is going through right now, but pick your area. It always gets to a place of massive oversaturation, and then there's a correction. And I think we're in the place of massive oversaturation right now. And that may last another five or six years until, I don't want an SUV. I don't want a CUV. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Mm -hmm. minivans first were out, everybody wanted a minivan, and then they became (laughs) the pariah. And so there's always those market corrections. Very interesting in that regard. Courtney Bailey says, I daily in autocross and occasionally track an E46 ZHP. That's a BMW 3 Series E46 ZHP. Very cool car. Is he crazy to be thinking about buying a cheap old Lexus like a 90s LS400 to daily and not worry about it? He says, my commute is a mile and a half. I don't feel like I should take my super enthusiast car a mile and a half and just – 
and here's the thing, Courtney. I don't think you're crazy. I think this is brilliant. I think it's great. There is no, there is no good reason that I want a Volkswagen Phaeton. There's no good reason <laughs> other than it makes me laugh, and I hope that that actually does happen. But, but I also do like the counterbalance of it. Hmm. I like the get in it when it's terribly snowy outside, and I obviously wouldn't be taking the Lotus. And I drive the Phaeton because it's got everything that the Lotus doesn't: the heated seats and the crazy everything. Okay, so funny. But but here, but we also have a guy we know here, Dixon. Okay, yeah, genuine car enthusiast works Glad at a racetrack. Like, yeah. helps run the local racetrack, yeah. okay? Yeah. And he's had a string of enthusiast cars, like really good enthusiast cars. The The Mark 7 GTI performance pack we drove for the channel was actually his car a few mm-hmm. years back. He had for a while literally bought from a grandmother, we've talked about it before, an old, like, 2004 Cadillac. <laughs> I think it had the North Star, too. And he bought it for nothing. Yeah. And he had it for two or three years. And he said it was immune to police. They would. I mean, he could do 85, 90 miles an hour on a stretch when police people pull people over, and he would never get touched. And he would never think about the fact that his half-hour commute was just this whole just (laughs) land yacht was moving. There is a lot. There's a lot of merit to this. He spent no money on it. It cost him no money. I think this is brilliant, honestly. Fantastic. Okay, so Cadillac Devilles are on the list. Like the early ones. <laughs> I don't want one, but I see the merit. Or like an SLS, the Cadillac I, SLS. I would, I would lev- rather get the Phaeton, which is going to be like a tire fire for cash, than, <laughs> no the, than the old Cadillac that's probably going to run. No kidding. All right, Michael DeVitro says, what piece of wear and tear bothers us the most in our car? For him, he hates the fact that every car he drives, well, it gets the hole ground into the floor mats, into the carpet from his right heel since he doesn't pick up when he's swapping pedals. So, I mean, yeah, that happens on the floor mats. I feel like floor mats can be replaced. That's that's an easy one. Yeah. Seat bolster kind of bugs me, but you know what really just makes me grind my teeth? Uh-oh. People get in and they slam the door like it's like it's supposed to do something else other than open and close. <laughs> It's been engineered for two things. Like it's a bank vault. they got to put some real effort behind it. And close. It only does two things. The door opens <laughs> and it closes. You don't have to like bury it into the door frame and like tattoo it into the... Put your Just... shoulder into it. No, no, <laughs> like, please don't. Put some effort behind that yeah. next time, why don't you? Just... Just easy. Just, I don't want the internals of the door to like turn into shards. Could you just not slam the door? Guy. I love it. Uh, let's see. Timothy Cornett on Instagram said, Porsche Cayman or Lotus Evora. You've practically asked Pepsi versus Coke right here. Honestly. <laughs> hey, look, honestly. a hornet's nest. Let me smash it with a stick. I, I am always going to say Evora. I, here's the thing. If it was Evora 400, I'm going to say Evora without blinking. I am the Lotus guy. I prefer the Lotus feel of the handling, and that's the reason I would go Lotus. But long-distance driving, uh, interior quality, these kind of things, the Porsche is always going to win. The sure, 400, sure. The 400 is everything that was good about the normal Evora improved across the board like 5% in every category. It just it dialed that car in. I think it was improved more than that. I love the 400 so much. I know you're, yeah. and even you're a fan. I'm a fan. I love that car. I think it's brilliant. I mean, I think you're talking what came in and what Evora, and that's there's, why we've got there's to a question it up mark. Here. There's a question mark as well in here. I think the Cayman will be, I think the Cayman will feel more luxurious for longer, and I think the Evora will offer a slightly better more dialed-in driving experience. I mean, if you're talking GT4 and say the new 718 GT4 coming at us soon, I'm probably going Porsche. But that 400 is brilliant car to drive. It's really good. And it has the build quality to kind of match. We could could unpack this for a while, but I would love to have one. Man, they're cool. Frankie Peartree on Instagram says, he must move forward with modern technology, retire his iPod Nano (laughs) that was strictly used to listen to the podcast during his commute. Served him well for many, many years. What podcast app do we recommend for an Android phone? I would love to recommend Spotify because it's the mothership. We post on directly on Spotify and they're sort of the, the home base for us. However, Spotify took their widget off the home screen and they have not indicated when they're going to replace it or support it again. So much to the consternation of a lot of listeners. So I'm going to Pocket Cast for yeah, Android. We've heard that a lot. I yeah. think that's probably one of your best bets because of the scrubbing speed that you can do. So you can listen to Todd and I as if we're Alvin and the Chipmunks. Even faster than we currently yeah. speak, which is a terrifying thought, actually. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably your best bet. But again, if Spotify comes back, I'd say... Spotify because the podcast populates immediately after I upload it. It's, it's mm. I mean, it's we're essentially it's posting directly to Spotify yeah. from yeah, yeah. there, so it's sort of the mothership for us. 
There are more, but I think we're probably about to wrap it up here. I, I hope that this has been helpful today. We have so much fun doing this podcast. We thank you to all you guys that write in. There was actually a request that we should take some of the uh, some of the car debates we haven't covered and do them like rapid fire, like a lightning round. But the problem is we still have to read the long emails to be able to do a lightning round. That might still happen. It's still a funny idea. I, I like the idea enough. Thank you guys for writing in, for sending in these car debates, for giving us ratings both on iTunes and also for the TV show on Amazon. All of these things. We, I can't tell you the number of emails we get where people have found the TV show or the podcast because they were searching and they found us at the top of the list because of you guys' reviews. This is what mm-hmm. makes the show grow. It's gotten the show to the place that we can't believe it's at, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you. Yep. Don't forget the GoFundMe if you'd like to see Todd and I drive the fate versus the XJR and create a lot of content. I'm excited as well. We need more than uh, the dollars that we have towards uh, towards the show to get the cars and then you know, produce the content. That's something on us. But if you can, go to the GoFundMe because we would be raffling those cars off after we finish shooting them. So there's a chance for you to own them as well. Guys, thanks so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it as always. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>